let's play ball. In the house? Sure. Hey, what are those things anyway? They're nut balls. Bungee foam. That doesn't hurt anything. Nut balls. You got your nerve. <laughs> hey, so where did you get these Nerf balls from, Mitch? From Kool-Aid Free. You send in the top of 20 packs of regular Kool-Aid or 10 packs of sugar-sweetened Kool-Aid to Kool-Aid, P.O. Box 600, Bradley, Illinois, and get a free Nerf ball. Nerf's a nerf. When it comes down to beating the shit out of siblings or neighborhood kids, very few toy companies came toe-to-toe with Nerf. Also very true. But Nerf started off more safe from Timmy and not BFG. <laughs> this is the story of Nerf. This is Toys Were Us. All of my Hello! Hello there! And welcome back once again to your favorite history class, the Toys R Us podcast. Fucking hey. A podcast where we fill your minds with what made the things that kept you entertained as a child. My name is Richard Hunt, and with me as always is my cousin and co-host, Brian Muth. Hey everybody. Brian. Yes sir. This week, mm-hmm. we are taking on one of the most well-known toy brands of all time. One of my personal favorites. One that gave us an ultimatum. It's nerf, nerf or nothing. Or nothing. That being said, are you ready to get shot with a dart? <laughs> and you're to blame. Hell yeah. Just don't aim for the eyes. Or do. Fuck it. I don't care. Just I'm not going to tell you what to do. Fucking stick a suction cup dart to your eye and just... Oh my... Ugh. The nerf narrative begins in 1968. When inventor... Rain Geyer, Ooh. who'd enjoyed success as the inventor of the popular game, oh. Twister, fucking a, was working with a team to develop a caveman game. According to Tim Walsh in Timeless Toys, classic toys and the playmakers who created them, inventor Rain Geyer wanted to create a game that would garner as much popularity as Twister. In 1968. Geyer and his creative team started working on a prototype for a game they dubbed Caveman, which utilized fake money, paper stepping stones, and rocks cut from mattress foam. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Geyer and his engineers playtested the game by jumping on the paper stepping stones, collecting fake money, and throwing rocks at one another. <laughs> at some point during the attempt to perfect the game, Guy had, or Geyer had an epiphany. What if the polyurethane foam rocks were shaped into balls? If a foam rock was reconfigured into a sphere, it could become a soft, safe ball that could be thrown and kicked indoors with no fear of knocking over a lamp or breaking a window. Hell yeah. 
With that realization, Gaia and his colleagues scrapped the caveman game plan and instead focused on creating indoor sporting games using their newly named Muffball. <laughs> you kidding me? Muffball. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's like being named Richard Gruel and going by Dick. Yeah. Dick Gruel. Dick Gruel. Muffball. Mm. Hey, you that? Let's go out and play some Muffball. <laughs> What's your name, son? Harold. Harold Johnson. But you can call me Harry. <laughs> Harry Muffball. Oh, God. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Like... Oh, God. And this was the 70s. So you know that was being used. Heavily. Yeah, big time. Heavily. Muffball. Muffball. Get these muffballs. Get this man of muffball. (laughs) With prototypes in hand, Geyer approached Milton Bradley, which rejected the new sporting goods concepts. Geyer then met with the staff at Parker Brothers, who welcomed the idea with one provision. Parker Brothers would manufacture and market only the ball, not the sports games that Geyer and his team had developed. Lame. Yeah. In 1969, Parker Brothers introduced its newly renamed Nerf Ball and made it available in four colors. Yellow, orange, red, and blue. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. When the Nerf Ball hit nationwide store shelves in 1970, it was a revolution that brought Backyard Ball into the living room. Throw it indoors! Bark the package copy. Nice. You can't damage lamps or break windows. You can't hurt babies or old people. <laughs> Try me, bitch. Try me. Makes you me want to go buy a that Nerf, Nerf ball man. down somebody's throat. Oh, yeah. They gone. They ain't breathing through it. Nope. By year's end, four million Nerf balls had sold. That's a lot of bulls. And at one sixty-five a pop, a little over $13 today, that got them about $6 million. Or $45 million. Whoa. Yeah. That's dope. For a fucking foam ball. Yeah. After the plain old Nerf ball became a runaway hit, the Parker Brothers contracted with Geyer to make the wider array of foam games that he had originally envisioned. They're like, fuck, okay. I'm like, all right, fine. The four-inch ball was followed by a large version called the Super Nerf ball. Shortly after, in 1972, a basketball game came out called Nerf Hoop. Dude, I love Nerf Hoops. So fucking good, dude. So good. Think about any fucking, like, 90s show. Oh, yeah. On the back of that fucking door is a Nerf Hoop. Without question. All the fucking time. Yep. And the most memorable of these line extensions was surely the Nerf Football, which Mm. bounced on the scene in 1972. Nerf Football, rah, 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 you can watch it go. The Nerf football actually represented a bit of technical change for the product line. Parker Brothers made the original Nerf balls by spinning foam on a lathe and cutting it with a piece of hot wire. Oh, really? Making the football, on the other hand, entailed pouring liquid foam into a mold. The resulting ball had a thick outer covering that helped it behave like an ordinary football, quickly becoming Nerf's most popular ball. 
Hell yeah, dude. I used to love my Nerf football back Fun in the day. Fun shit, dude. dude. And then they came out with that one with the fucking whistles. The whistles. <sighs> yeah. Childhood. The Nerf Vortex balls, or God, footballs. Man. Dude. The original gun, or blaster, was a 2.5 foot hollow plastic tube with a handle that used a basic air pump to shoot 1.75 inch yellow foam balls. Called the blaster ball, it shot one ball at a time to distances up to 40 feet. It was only sold as a two-pack product. Hey! Soon replaced by the Blastomatic the following year. Shoots three balls, no reloading. Nerf. Which had increased distance and more rapid reloading time. You know, I'd never seen one of those in person, but I can only imagine the sound it would make. Something like, thunk. Yeah. 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 And like, get somebody, you come up fucking execution style with somebody, <laughs> they're going to feel that. Yeah. Killing me is not going to bring her back. <laughs> I don't care. Thunk. Just replace... Every fucking blaster scene in Star Wars with a Nerf gun. <laughs> McClunky. <laughs> McClunky. It's Nerf on McClunky. <laughs> uh, this began a long tradition that would soon become the core product of the Nerf brand. And in the 21st century, the line would rake in more than $100 million every year. Hell yeah. Whew. And that Nerf money. Nerf money. In 1987... Tonka purchased Parker Brothers, and in early 1991, Tonka was brought by Hasbro. Of course. For a reported $516 million. That's a lot of cash. That's a fuckload of money. Hell yeah. The buyout was rumored to have been spurred by Tonka's disastrous Christmas sales the previous year. Hmm. At the time, the Tonka Corporation was the third largest toy company. The lack of sales was supposedly called, caused by a series of dud products coupled with the rise of the video game makers, especially Nintendo. Wah, wah. The New York Times reported that from January to September of 1990, Tonka lost 25.4 million sales. Ooh. Yikes. Big yikes. Hasbro owns multiple toys, or multiple popular toy lines and games like Battleship, Play-Doh, and My Little Pony. True. Because most of the company's diversity can be credited to buyouts. Yep. As no, you know, just we're no stranger that. to fucking talking about. And Hasbro is no stranger to buying out other toy companies. It's true. The company has a history of acquiring new or failing toy companies, including the Milton Bradley Company, Coleco Industries, and Cranium Incorporated. <laughs> just like, hey. Yep. As new management of the Nerf brand, Hasbro immediately expanded the Nerf product line, releasing crossbows, slingshots, and the first ever missile blaster, called the Sharpshooter. 
Yeah. It debuted in 1992 and a line of, a line of new products designed to integrate the new Nerf missiles and Nerf darts. The Nerf Sharpshooter. The missiles were five inch long foam tubes with fins that could be propelled at greater speeds and distance. But that's another story for another time. Yeah. As next month, we look into the modding community, the zombies community, and go through a list of every Nerf gun ever made. Hell yes. Do you know who knows every Nerf gun ever made? I have a feeling. Oh, it's Facty. Yeah. The fact in the box. The Nerf football was developed by Minnesota Vikings kicker Fred Cox. Huh. Did not know that. Which is like, it's good that they went out and they got somebody that actually knows his fucking shit. Yeah. It's made out of some pretty wild stuff. A polyester resin that reacts with another compound in the presence of CO2, which then becomes a freakishly light polyurethane material. Hmm. Uh, Nerf is a slang term for the foam padding used in off-road racing. The foam-covered bars, often called Nerf bars, oh, yeah. were placed at the front of the trucks to, and used to push racers to the starting line to prevent damage to the cars. It also stands for Non-Expanding Recreational, Recreational Foam. Uh, the Nerf ball failed consumers reports flammability testing in 1971, Ooh. bursting into flames in about two seconds after contact with a lit match. Whoops. Despite this failing the standard set by 1969 Child Protection and Toy Safety Act, it appears that no actions were taken against Parker Brothers or the Nerf brand about it. And the Nerf ball is ranked number 60 on Time's Top 100 Toys. I really would have thought it would have been higher. Higher, yeah. Yeah. But 60 is still, I mean, you're in the top 100. respectable. You know? Yeah. And so we come to the end of part one of Nerf. If you like what you heard and you like what you learned, you can consider doing the following. You can follow us on all social medias. We're at Toys R Us Podcast across the board. You can leave us a five-star rating and review anywhere you listen to podcasts, but most especially Apple Podcast and Stitcher. They're the big-ass Nerf balls. Big-ass balls. Big-ass balls. Get these balls. Or you, can become, or you can become a patron by heading on over to patreon.com slash Toys R Us Podcast. Until next time, remember that the first advertisement for Nerf was done by the monkeys. <laughs> Hell remember, yeah. Remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. So, thank you to Jeremy, Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon, and Steven. Thanks a bunch, guys.